Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, Mr. News. Hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, the long-awaited Kamala Harris trip to the border. Nothing more than a tyrannical, shiny object. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so... Sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of The Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. As everyone knows, uh, migration involves a continuum. The Vice President is leading our nation's efforts to address the root causes, that fundamental question of why people leave uh, their homes. It is my responsibility as the Secretary of Homeland Security to address the security and management of our border. Uh, as everyone knows, we face significant challenges back in March. We've made extraordinary progress. I look forward to sharing with the Vice President the progress we've made, the work that remains, and um, I look forward to the day. Thank you. Chairman? Immigration is a critical element in the history and the future of the United States. But when you look at the challenges of immigration today, one of the greatest challenges is Congress has failed to pass any significant change in immigration laws in 35 years. We have a broken immigration system. Stop the tape, stop the tape, stop the tape. I can only handle so much of diminutive Dick Durbin. He looks so spiffy without a tie, doesn't he? Diminutive Dick Durbin pointing out that Congress has not had any significant immigration reform in many, many years, and we have a broken immigration system. 
Uh, he's right, actually. Uh, on one hand, he's correct, and that is the immigration system in this country is broken. But there's a fundamental issue underlying this phony, fake trip to the border. And one of the reasons why I didn't talk about this 93 days of Kamala Harris not visiting the border is because a lot of my friends who mean well, conservatives or Republicans, what have you, and they're saying, they're wringing their hands, why hasn't she gone to the border? Why? Who cares? Who cares about Kamala Harris going to the border? The very notion of a Marxist like Kamala Harris in charge of our immigration system is insane if you want to have a sane immigration system. And it's important to point out, I'm going to pick this apart a little bit and then go into the bigger picture. It's important to point out the nomenclature. These people have hijacked the nomenclature. Think back to Barack Obama somewhere in his, early in his second term when he stopped using, or maybe it was late in his first term, stopped using the term terrorist and uh, changed it with a, a more bland, more universal term like extremism. And I pointed out at the time, this is a very, very dangerous change of the nomenclature. Why? Because extremists can apply to many, many people. And so now, fast forward to today, all manner of people. If you happen to oppose Joe Biden, you're being labeled as an extremist, right along with someone who wants to blow up one of the buildings that exists in New York City or Chicago or San Francisco or Los Angeles. In other words, a terrorist. So you're lumped together. The nomenclature is so important and the left has hijacked the nomenclature. And I want to touch on that just a little bit. But first, I want to remind you this program is brought to you by MyPillow. And MyPillow is having a special. They have these things called Giza sheets, which I have. And they're wonderful sheets. They're, I think they're Egyptian cotton. Some kind, I'm the guy. I don't know. I don't really pay attention. I just know they're soft and comfortable. And right now, if you buy one set of these Giza sheets, you get one free. So it's two for one. And you get free shipping. So if you go buy a set of Giza sheets, maybe you buy a, uh, a beige set and then go buy um, a pink set <laughs> or a white set, whatever. You get two for one. And free shipping. So please go to MyPillow.com. Also, you get 66% off, up to 66% off, if you put L-E-D-G-E-R, Ledger, in the promo code box at MyPillow.com. You can go to GrahamLedger.com. Uh, by the way, we asked the Ledger register question, uh, and that is, is the migration, true migration, of political patriots and conservatives away from California into other 49 states, whatever states they're going to, is that a good thing? Um, it's good and bad, depending on how you look at it, but I want your opinion. Also, this program is brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger or call 833-425-7246, relieffactor.com forward slash ledger. This is a natural homeopathic way to reduce all kinds of pain, um, and I take the supplements, I guess they're considered supplements, vitamins, what have you, we don't, whatever you want to call them, but they're 100% natural. I take them uh, and they work because I have nagging uh, aches and pains. Both of these sponsors are on GrahamLedger.com. 
and you can click uh, on links directly to their pages or you just go to mypillow.com or relief factor forward slash ledger l-e-d-g-e-r and you can um take a look at these fine products for leaf factor by the way it's only 19.95 for a three-week quick start so it's it's well worth the investment uh in your body back to the nomenclature in this phony trip it's interesting what harris is doing here and she's doing this is a publicity stunt and unfortunately too many people in the conservative of course the mainstream media is going to be all over this but too many in the conservative media don't understand what I just pointed out. And this is just nothing more than a shiny object. In other words, the Biden administration, just like the Obama administration, are masters at sleight of hand. They want you to focus on Kamala Harris. They want her to be the lightning rod. And so you have all these conservatives out there wringing their hands over the fact that Kamala Harris hasn't been to the border. Who cares? Is that going to change anything? We have an open border president right now. We have open borders in this country. They're not doing anything to stem the flow. And Harris talks about uh, going down to Guatemala and trying to make a difference. They're throwing our tax dollars at Guatemala, saying, hey, you know what? Uh, try and make life a little more comfortable as these people stage themselves to violate our sovereignty. That's effectively what's going on. There is no effort whatsoever by this administration to try and stem the flow of the attacks on our sovereignty, a.k.a. illegal immigration. Just ask the border agents. And my buddy Art Del Cueto down in the Tucson sector, this lady and uh, diminutive dick and this crazy DHS secretary, this uh, Alejandro Mallorca, the guy is a nutcase. The guy might as well be Joseph Stalin in a very, very important position in government, Department of Homeland Security Secretary. He is the enemy, truly, he is the enemy within, the, all three of them are. It's a clown show, right? These three are clowns. Dick Durbin has done more damage, thank you, Illinois, has done more damage during his time in the United States Senate than maybe uh, anybody, even, maybe even more than Chuck Schumer. He has an incredibly horrible anti-constitutional record. And when he talks about a broken immigration system, what he means simply, I can, I can speak diminutive Dick Durbin ease, and that is he wants to legalize the illegal. He wants a, a blanket policy. First, of course, they start with DACA and then CACA and then whatever other program. But slowly but surely, they're allowing people who are in this country illegal, who have violated our sovereignty, to be forgiven. And the revolving door, if, if, if they can do this, this is their goal, the revolving door continues to stay open. And America gets flooded with illegal immigrants who one day become legal and one day, by a large majority, vote Democrat. And so this is the nefarious plan. They don't care about these people. They care about votes. And when they have votes, they have power. So they're flooding the zone. They're flooding the system. And we've seen it time and time again in this country, in certain states like Virginia and uh, possibly uh, North Carolina. We saw it in California. California is the model for this, of course. And that is you flood the zone with illegal immigrants who are soon to be Democrat voters. And that's how you continue to have and sustain power in a state like California, where you have supermajority, Democrats, supermajorities. And again, when I use the term Democrat, I mean Marxist, because that's what they are. They are Marxists. And that 
brings me to the nomenclature. The nomenclature is so important, folks. I'm going to beat this point until the day I die. We have to take back the nomenclature. Don't fall for this liberal nonsense anymore. And please stop using the word progressive. Or if you do use the word progressive, modify it with Marxist. You, and that might be a better way to, to point out who they are, because there are Marxist progressives, okay? They label themselves as progressives because it sounds so cool, right? If you're a progressive, I had an argument one time, a long time ago, with a liberal colleague uh, of mine, and he says, I'm liberal, a.k.a. progressive, you're conservative. Wouldn't you rather be liberal, liberal with an open mind? You know, 1960s, open mind, long hair and uh, dope smoking, open mind, a.k.a. progressive versus conservative. You're conservative, you're boring. You want to never allow any kind of change. That, that's not what a conservative is. A conservative is many things, but a conservative is a lifestyle. A conservative in this country reveres the United States Constitution, but overall, a conservative looks at history, understands history, and vows to repeat the good stuff in history, and vows to reject the bad stuff in history. And this is what the radical left Marxists cannot stand, and it's the whole reason we have this critical race nonsense going on. It's made up Marxist pablum, right? It's not based on history. We know history. And our history includes, by the way, a guy by the name of Dr. Martin Luther King, who said very simply what Jesus said effectively 2,000 years ago, and that don't judge someone by the color of their skin. Judge them by the content of their character. It's basically what the Bible says. You're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, right? But critical race and all manners of the modern, progressive, liberal, Marxist doctrine is all about judging a book by its cover, because this is how you divide America. And the Democrats have been wonderful at dividing America over the past uh, few decades. But just to drive home the point about what's happening at the border, a very simple set of numbers, compliments of my buddy Art Del Cueto, down uh, in the Tucson sector. Uh, he is the Border Patrol uh, spokesperson. We'll have him on the program one of these days soon. In May of 2019, there were roughly 30,000 apprehensions along the southern border a week. In May of 2020, now remember, this is Donald Trump imposing uh, the um, stay in Mexico policy. Yeah, if, if you're a so-called refugee, and these people are not refugees. And that's the other thing. When we talk about the nomenclature, sorry to swerve back into that, but it's important. Because you hear Dominique Dick and VP Kamala Kamala Homewrecker Harris saying the term migrants. They're not migrants. Migrant is far too kind a word to describe people who violate our sovereignty. They're criminals. Illegal aliens, by definition, Kamala and diminutive Dick and Alejandro, are criminals. And you need to treat them as such. And again, 99% of these people who are coming up and violating our sovereignty from Guatemala or El Salvador or Mexico or whatever are not refugees. They're people taking advantage of us. They're people taking advantage of the system. 
They're people taking advantage of the political environment that exists in this country right now. And Donald Trump had the numbers down. So in 2019, the numbers were 30,000 apprehensions roughly a week. It fluctuates a little bit down along the southern border. In 2020 of May, May 2020, 2,000 a week. So the numbers plummeted, right? So this is when Donald Trump instituted the stay in Mexico policy. Yeah, COVID was going on as well, but it just shows. It just shows that if we want to secure our southern border, we can. We can. And now, in May of 2021, it's 40,000 a week. So we go in one year from 2,000, 3,000 apprehensions a week to 20,000 a week. Now, the difference between a year ago in these uh, couple 3,000 apprehensions a week is that these people many times were turned around and, and deported. Now, this 40,000 a week, they're staying. They're staying. They may be given a ticket, a notice to appear, and then we know what happens. They disappear into the fabric of our society. And they get behind the wheel of a car, and they crash, and they kill an American, and some liberal judge, liberal Marxist progressive judge, says, oh, you know, we got to let him go. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't know how to read the road signs. Well, you know, I make this point when I can with my friends, if you don't speak English and you can't read English, you are a threat to all of us if you're behind the wheel of a car. Why? Because you can't read a stop sign. And even if you could read a stop sign, you can't read a street sign or you can't read a warning sign, dangerous curves, or you don't know what to do when an ambulance is coming up behind you. Do you even know what an ambulance looked like when you're coming from a third world country, do you know what to do? If a police officer is warning you, hey, don't go near there, there's a gas leak and you can't understand English, that's a threat. That's a threat to a person themselves, of course, but it's a threat to all of us. Yes, English should be the official language. And that is a debate that uh, unfortunately isn't even discussed um, right now, right along with many other things. But let's zoom out to the big picture here. The big picture is about liberty, right? Because when you allow illegals to violate our sovereignty, you're attacking our freedom, our constitutional rights, our liberty. And so when we stand up against illegal immigration, or we stand up against critical race theory, or we stand up against this attack on our precious right to vote, our franchise, we are defending liberty. And we need to do it in our own individual ways, in our own individual communities. We need to do it locally. But we also need to have these wonderful organizations like Liberty Council, who are fighting battles in court. Now, I will preface this by saying that court is not the venue because there are so many radical Marxist judges uh, out there. It's a crapshoot. And, and look at the highest court in the land is completely politically and constitutionally schizophrenic. So you don't know what's going to go. Yeah, people are talking about uh, you know, a, a landmark abortion ruling out of the John Roberts court. Yeah, good luck. We've had landmark rulings out of the John Roberts court, and one of them effectively institutionalized Obamacare, thanks to the so-called conservative Supreme Court justice. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what's coming out of the John Roberts Supreme Court. So the court is not the place to fight the battle. What, what the left is doing 
is always creating a crisis because they have a solution. The crisis of the border, the solution is let them in and, and turn them into Democrat borders. The health care crisis that Barack Obama uh, manifested uh, out of thin air about 12 years ago didn't exist. 30 million uninsured Americans, and many of those were just temporary, but that was the number they used. Now, I think there's still some in the neighborhood of 20 million uninsured Americans in the United States. So what good did Obamacare do exactly? Exactly, except to redistribute wealth, but that's exactly uh, what it did. So the left creates these crises in order to institutionalize their power in various forms. And that is allowing illegals into this country so they can vote Democrat. And that is allowing Obamacare to become interwoven into the fabric of this society and is now the biggest annual cost to the budget, somewhere in the neighborhood of a trillion dollars every year that's mandated spending. That's what Obamacare is now. But it's nothing more than pure, unadulterated redistribution of wealth. And so this is the Marxist playbook. Create a crisis. You already have a solution in mind. And Bill Clinton did this so well. You have a solution already in mind. The crisis with Barack Obama ostensibly was health care. And he already had the solution, which was uh, Obamacare. And this is the effort to institutionalize power, their power, in government. It is all part of the Marxist playbook. Always create a boogeyman, right? You have a bad guy. We got to get rid of the bad guy. We got to get a fix and, and um, erase society of the bad guy. And, oh, here is our Marxist fix. We're going to impose it on 330 million Americans, whether you like it or not. And so we must stand up. And thank goodness we have some organizations like Liberty Council who do stand up for the constitutional rights of Americans who happen to care about their God-given rights. Joining me now is the founder and chairman of Liberty Council, Matt Staver. Matt, when we look at Kamala at the border, I've cautioned people don't read too much into this. And there's been a lot of hullabaloo in the conservative media saying, well, why hasn't she gone to the border? The big picture is the lack of enforcement of laws that are on the books. In fact, ignoring the United States Constitution and uh, Article 1, Section 8, uh, that talks about Congress being in charge of naturalization. That's what they called it back then, a.k.a. immigration. The nomenclature here, I, I point out, is so important. You know, Kamala Harris goes down to the border and says, these are migrants. They're not migrants. By my definition, they're lawbreakers. Every single person who violates our sovereignty is breaking the law. And it's so important that the American people know the truth uh, amidst this cloak of Marxist uh, pablum. No, you're right. The only reason she's going to the border now is because President Trump is going to the border along with Governor Greg Abbott. And that's the only reason. Obviously, they have completely told the Border Patrol to stand down, not only at the border, but also in the interior. We've talked to people who are experts in this area, people that were head of the border security, head of INS, and they have said that not only at the border do you have no enforcement, but also people that are in the United States, whether they commit a crime or whatever, they're not being 
disciplined. They're not being dealt with. They're not being arrested. The people even on the domestic interior are told to stand down. So there is absolute lawlessness taking place. And you're right. These are not migrant workers. They're not coming in legally. They're all coming in illegally. Some of them are being humanly trafficked by smugglers. And it is a human disaster, humane, inhumane treatment that's taking place. But it is also a real threat to our national security because we really don't know who these people are. We also know that some of these people are bringing in drugs, bringing in crimes, part of gangs. Some of those uh, are coming from even the Middle East and other parts of the world. And they have ill intentions here in the United States. But in the end, the framers of the Constitution wanted us to have an organized system of immigration. And we have largely in this country, uh, dating back 150 years until recently, was completely unorganized and wide open. And that's the way the Democrat Party wants it because of multiple reasons. But in the end, it, it gives them more power because it gives them more votes because they know that many of these so-called migrants, which are illegal immigrants, eventually are naturalized, become citizens, and they vote Democrat. That's effectively how many of these states have turned from red to blue, and they want to continue it. And they want to turn, for example, this is part of the master plan to turn Texas blue, is to flood the zone. They did it in California masterfully, right? California right. is never going to turn red again in our lifetime. Well, it's even worse than that, because it's not only people that become naturalized, uh, because that's going to take a number of years. It's illegals that will actually not well, only come in, get be uh, benefits and get I.D. cards and then vote. Uh, we know that many of them do vote. And that's why they want to pass this election fraud bill in Washington, D.C., so that they can increase the voter fraud and legalize voter fraud, including allowing mass amounts of illegal aliens to vote democratic uh, because they're getting the democratic largest from the federal government. You mentioned uh, the so-called voter rights and, you know, anything out of Washington, D.C. that that has a nice title like voter rights, it should bring up a red flag immediately to the American people who are paying attention because it's usually the opposite of what it says. And in this case, it's exactly correct. And effectively, what the Democrat majority, a.k.a. the Marxist leadership in Washington, D.C., wants to institutionalize what took place in the 2020 election cycle. So if you liked the institutionalized fraud in some of these blue states that took place, that's a, what the Democrat leadership in Washington, D.C. wants to do in all 50 states. For example, you know, we saw how this was instituted in California. They're looking at making mail-in ballot permanent. For the, yeah. for the, uh, the, you talk about institutionalized corruption and we know the voter rolls are completely corrupt in California and they don't want to audit, what, which is what they're doing in, in Arizona right now. So the American people have to wake up, at least a certain majority of the American people understand the farce that's going on in Washington, D.C. Well, they've changed the names, but it's still the same result. And that is to have one party, the Democratic Party, dominate both the House, the Senate and also the White House. And they started off with H.R. 1 and became S1 in the Senate, then S2093. That didn't get the 60 votes to overcome the filibuster. So now they're pushing the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. That's a failed bill. That's even worse than any of these previous precursors. This is the linchpin for their entire domestic and global agenda. So they're not done by any means. And with the John Lewis Act, they'll actually have the 51st vote, the 50th vote, and the vice president would actually break that tie. 
because Manchin's so-called compromise is the John Lewis Act. Well, what does that do? That requires pre-clearance for every state and local jurisdiction. What does that mean? The United States Department of Justice would have to actually approve as an example, in community center A, where you have voting going on, room A is where they want to normally have the voting poll. But for some reason, it's not big enough. It's not available on election day. So in the community center, they want to move room A, the voting poll, just across the hallway and put it in room B. They need to file an application with the United States Department of Justice and get pre-approval for that. Even if a city wants to annex just across the street, they have to get approval from the Department of Justice because there's a real case on this. In the past, there was an issue having two new white voters in the precinct, and the DOJ said no, because that will dilute the particular voting precinct by adding two new white voters. That's how micromanaged this particular bill will be. It's actually everything and much more than what would be in HR1, S1, S2093, whatever number you put on it. But the bottom line goal is total domination controls. Speaker Nancy Pelosi also said, we can't get gun rights passed until we pass this so-called For the People Act. And uh, another representative Democrat said, in order to get our progressive agenda passed, everything's hanging on the line, we've got to get this voting law passed because it will legalize voting fraud. And they know that when they do this law, that they will dominate in every area, not only in Washington, D.C., but also okay. on the state level as well. So that's why we must stop it. In other words, the DOJ, unelected bureaucrats of the fourth branch of government appointed by, in this case, a Democrat radical president who's foisting radical policies um, every day, or at least attempting to on the American people. The DOJ, these unelected bureaucrats would go into a county in Florida, could be a very red county in Florida and say, hey, no, you can't. Uh, uh, move those those tables to the other room, as, as your That's example right. says, or, or or the opposite, right? They'll go maybe yeah. to Atlanta and say, yeah, go ahead and move to that other room because we know there's ballots under the tables. <laughs> this well, is, and here's this the other is not thing. what the say, framers wanted. No, you could say like, in, in take Pennsylvania, for example, that the DOJ could say, we want more voting places in Philadelphia in the high Democrat voting right. precincts and less in the red parts of Pennsylvania so that they can increase the Democrat vote over the Republican vote. That's how micromanaged this would be. And it would cost billions of dollars to manage this. That's why they want to do this. And they want to try to slip it in under a 51 person vote alongside the budget reconciliation. So we're working in Congress to stop that yeah. and to derail that process because it would be the end of America. Well, we need to work with you and all Americans need to stand up and say, hey, we don't want this uh, uh, and have the Republicans like Mitt Romney have a spine for once and stand up against it if they can try and block it uh, at all. But again, the framers of the Constitution did not want this. The framers wanted it at the state level. Uh, and I can go on and on about this and, and what the solutions ought to be. But I do know that Liberty Council, I'm sure, would conjoin any kind of it, it, to me, it would be unconstitutional. This law, this piece of legislation they're trying to ram through is unconstitutional. I'm sure you folks uh, will be all over it as long as well as uh, many other organizations who see the fact that it's unconstitutional. I'm running out of time here, Matt, but I want to touch on you now not just the bad news. I want to talk on some good news here and your organization. I want to go back a couple of weeks the ruling, the favorable ruling you had in uh, California on behalf of churches, a.k.a. the First Amendment, 
Um, and this, for folks who don't know, uh, Gavin Newsom effectively shut down churches in California. And uh, you folks and many other folks said, hell no, uh, we have a right to stay open. It's this crazy thing called the First Amendment. And uh, you won. You won a monetary victory. You won a constitutional victory. You won a moral uh, victory. Um, this is important for me because now, you know, the, the, the horse is out of the barn and California has opened up again, per se. Right. But the, but this is important for the future because there's going to be another so-called crisis where right. you have a Marxist governor saying, hey, we need to shut down the churches again. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and that's why we now pursued and we obtained the first permanent injunction in the country. This is permanent, not temporary, and it's statewide. It applies to every church place of worship in California. California can never, ever again go down the same road it went down, whether it's COVID as the so-called uh, the crisis or some other crisis that they're going to come up with. It can never do that again. And so we're wanting to make sure not only in California, but all the states that this never happens again. And California had to pay for this unconstitutional action, $1.35 million. They just had to pay two other churches uh, for the litigation. In that case, $2.2 million. And they're going to continue to pay all these other churches where they intimidated, persecuted, and fined one church up to $3 million. This is unconstitutional constitutional, and it should never happen, and it should never, ever happen again. That's our ultimate goal, to permanently quarantine these governors and these unconstitutional practices against churches and places of worship. And God bless you for doing that. God bless the pastors who stood up uh, against yes. this tyranny in California and in uh, New York and, and, and various, Illinois and various other uh, Marxist states. If folks want to know more about your organization and uh, possibly uh, donate to your organization is the website best website just lc.org yeah just lc.org that's the general website and for this election information it's lc.org god bless you matt uh thank you and keep up the great work at liberty council thank you good to be with you so we need organizations like liberty council to go to court and fight for the constitutional rights of Americans who care about their constitutional rights. And I suppose even for the Americans who don't understand or care about their constitutional rights, because the Constitution is for everyone uh, in this country. And our God-given rights are our birthright, and they need to be protected in this culture of uh, Marxist progressivism right now, because we are under attack, and we're under attack from all directions. And frankly, it's, it's overwhelming to even consider the various forms of attacks and the various angles of attacks that are happening, whether it's the attack from the border or the attack on voting uh, rights, so-called, or the uh, attacks on our uh, God-given liberty in all manner of form in Washington, D.C., but it's happening over and over and over again. So... Organizations like Liberty Council are uh, essential in trying to retain the constitutional rights of, of all Americans. So how do we fight back? Well, you got to remember that the courts are an arena of last resort. You really don't want the courts to be the venue. We locally have to fight battles like you're seeing in various forms in front of school boards in various states right now where you have you're not seeing a lot in california but outside of california uh, you're seeing parents stand up to these school boards and say hey you work for me ladies and gentlemen you work for me and we don't want this critical race crap happening and maybe maybe i hope 
they have awakened with this critical race a slumbering giant, and that is to get the parents involved, more involved in the curriculum uh, of what's going on with their children when they go to school, because this is a vital piece to the puzzle. If you want to try and upend the teachers' union and get rid of them, the only way to do it, the only way in the end, there, there are several um, functions that need to take place. Uh, for example, we need to remind uh, teachers that they don't have to become members of a union. Uh, but we have to have, and we also need more charter schools. It's the kryptonite. Charter schools are kryptonite to the teachers' union. And it's wonderful uh, to see them pop up in places like Orange County, California. And we need to support them. That's a Hillsdale charter school. But te uh, parents must be involved. Parents have to wake up to what the teachers' union is doing to the curriculum and doing to their children and, and doing and imposing on students from coast to coast. We have to bust the teachers' union in order to get our schools back. And if we don't get our schools back, what's going to happen is we're going to have this institutionalized racism, institutionalized thinking, critical race, what have you. Um, all, uh, this uh, crazy multiple sex thinking that, you, that there's more than two genders out there and that it's okay for a boy to compete against a girl. This kind of stuff is going to be institutionalized if we don't stand up to the teachers' union, a.k.a. the school boards, because many times they're hand in glove, right? The, the school board is beholden to the teachers' union. So you've got to stand up at these school board meetings and say, hey, people, you work for us. We don't want this crap imposed upon our children. It's very, very important. So this is how we can all act locally and, and not just rely on great organizations like Liberty Council. And remember, it wasn't that long ago in California that there was this thing called Prop 187 that actually was passed by the voters, a majority of the voters, that denied any kind of services to illegal immigrants in California. It wasn't that long ago, maybe 25 years ago. And of course, it was held up in the court and held up and held up until they found a Marxist judge that struck it down. And then the radical governors uh, said, okay, fine, and just walked away from it because, of course, they support illegal immigration. This is how we win it back. This is how we fight back. This is how we win back our liberty. It's not sitting on our hands. It's not waiting for the so-called silent majority to wake up. We are the silent majority, and we can be silent no more. This is our moment. This is our battle. We must speak up. We must fight back, and we must do it locally in the name of the United States Constitution. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>